Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of the Aces on Bases podcast. What's on the table for this week? We really don't know. We have some ideas. We're just going by the seat of our pants on this one. So stay with us, give us a listen, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Yeah, we... So it is already off the fucking hinges, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Detmer's right completely now? fucked up my recording. <laughs> Sorry, Detmer's completely screwed up my 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 intro. It got cut off, and you didn't hear what he had to say. But Detmer's, do you want to try that again? <laughs> Wait, are you recording right now? Yes. <laughs> then it makes no sense if we're doing it now. I think it parallels the hell week that the Jays have had, so just roll on it. All right, so what was said was, we are doing this episode off the seat of our pants, which we are. We are Vladimir Guerrero Jr. making a very off-brand play off the seat of his pants, airmailing a throw to Rowdy Telez. But as you can tell, it's generally the other way around this season, with Vlad making splits that are not known to man, and... Basically catching whatever Kevin Bijo, as it's pronounced, throws to him. I don't know how he does it. I'm I'm so glad we redid that for the audience. <laughs> God forbid we had to miss that one. <laughs> the audience is in shambles listening to this. This podcast is in shambles as we record it. <laughs> This podcast is so made for Kevin G.O.D. Like, he'd fit right in right here. Oh, man. Before before we go any further, though, and before I forget, I do just want to shout out our social medias. We do officially have a Twitter page for the podcast now, so you can go ahead and follow it at Aces on Bases. We might get a Facebook page. We might get an Instagram page. Who knows? We don't have those yet, but we do have a Twitter at Aces on Bases. And guys, if you're enjoying listening to these episodes, please let people know where they can find us so they can give us a listen as well. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, acesonbases.podbean.com. With that out of the way, we would like to say thank you to everybody that's listened to these episodes so far. The fact that we're at almost 150 downloads in only three episodes has completely blown away what I was expecting this podcast to do so early on. So I'm grateful. I, I, I know Noah said on the last podcast that he was grateful for the listens. Lewis Detmers, I'm sure you guys are grateful for all the downloads that the people are giving us as well. Extremely grateful. I do not know why you're listening to us, but keep doing so if you're enjoying it. <laughs> I don't know I think, why you're listening to are... us, but just do it. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to hear me quip people for Italian pronunciation of terrible relievers, this is the podcast for you. You're going to have a fun time tonight. I would say more elite relievers, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Maloney is pretty relieved. <laughs> and say. O'Rourke hasn't given up a run as a reliever, so <laughs> yet. Could we see the next perfect game come from the hands of Tanner Rourke? Absolutely not. Engine? Absolutely not. But but actually, that's a perfect place to start. I know. I know we're flying by the sea of our pants. I know we have a couple topics I want to touch that we all want to touch on. But that is a perfect place to start because this past week, Stephen Matz almost threw a no hitter. However, because it was during a seven-inning doubleheader, had he have actually managed to throw it and it didn't get broken up in the six, it would not have counted as a no-hitter. Personally, I think that's bullshit. You know, MLB made the rules of these seven-inning no-hitters, or sorry, these seven-inning doubleheaders, and the pitchers can only pitch within the rules. They can't just throw a phantom two extra innings if they have a no-hitter after seven. What are your guys' thoughts on MLB saying that no no-hitters for seven-inning doubleheaders? Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Like, it, it had to have counted. And I'll be quick so you can pitch in. But, like, and the funny thing is, like, what can he do about it? What could Steven Matz have done to... He can't pitch, as you said, two phantom innings. And the funny thing is he got babbipped to end the no-hitter, like Nicky Lopez, like a little bloop single into left field to end it. He could have realistically done it. And the thing is, if they're just trying to take that away from him, he couldn't have pitched better given the situation that he was in. If he pitches an entire complete game, or it doesn't even need to be a complete game. If we've seen combined no-hitters from, I think, the Angels and also did the Dodgers do one? I think they did as well. I, I was um, actually looking it up the other day. I sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was looking it up the other day. I believe there's been 19 combined no-hitters in MLB history. Right. There's been so many, right? We can at least credit Matt's for going, if he had done it, doing a seven-inning no-hitter, or crediting him with an extra two innings at the second game of the doubleheader, but that would have just been nuts, and he would have already been tired and probably given up ten runs to a <laughs> tired Royals offense, so let's just never think about that again. What's weirder about the no-hitter no, no thing is that even the seven-inning game, they don't count no hitters, but they if he would have went to complete game shutout, they count that as a complete game shutout. What? Yep, counts yeah. as a complete game. No way. Mm-hmm. It does. Oh, speaking of they should have sent him out for the seventh. They should have sent him out for the seventh. Uh, that's 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 the prime two thousand and nineteen Charlie Montoyo <laughs> experiment. Let's bring the guy who's completely cruising out of the game. For no apparent reason, so we can wipe out the bullpen. But on that note, Montoyo has not been near as bad he's as he been, used to be. He's been almost great. Almost he's great. Been I'd say a he's a good been manager. Good and great. Between he's them. been a good manager. As much as I hate to say it, because I used to be Charlie Montoyo's biggest critic, I am starting to warm up to him. And it makes me happy so that I we actually have a manager that I'm starting to trust. Okay, he will never ever come close to John Gibbons. But he's at least serviceable. Yeah. Let's, let's keep this John, John Gibbons, a.k.a. Jason Frazier's least favorite manager. I don't know if you guys listened to the Out of the Ballpark episode with, with Barry Davis when he interviewed Jason Frazier, but yeah. Jay Frey is not a fan of John Gibbons. <laughs> we here are fans of John Gibbons and... Fraser as well. We are fans of the both. We have found the best of both worlds. But <laughs> I, I'd love to be in a room with John Gibbons and just about the most random people imaginable. <laughs> like if you were to put John Gibbons 
Henry Kissinger and Don Lemon in a room together. Just imagine the amazing conversations that would happen. It's just like the most random, like not even other baseball people. We're just going to put them in the room with like two political fucking figures. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They could disarm North Korea. They put them in a room okay. together. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, well you guys laugh it away. I'm gonna kick it off with Montoyo. Come on. <laughs> okay. We're way off the rails. Okay, we're gonna get back on Montoyo, but so Lewis, you're going to get into Montoyo, but I also want to hear your thoughts on the on the Stephen Matz no-hitter question, because I don't think I got a complete answer from you on that one. So if you want to answer that and then go into uh, go into Montoyo. Uh, the Stephen Matz outing is just consistently good, and then everyone's kind of like, okay, well, he hasn't given up a hit yet, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then, of course, that chip shot, uh, painful. I was like... Should should it have counted if it was a no hitter? Should it have counted? No, no way. I think it. The seven inning, the seven inning game doesn't also take. It doesn't take from pitchers. Uh, it does. It also takes stuff away from hitters. I think last year Freddie Freeman was a single or a. He might have been a single. It was just either a single or a double away from the cycle, but because it was a seven inning game, he couldn't complete that. I say no. I don't even remember hearing about that. To be no. honest with you. He yeah, still won. He still won his MVP though. Both sides, so it's even. Yeah, he still won his MVP, so I don't think he's too heartbroken about not getting the cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's fine. and the guy's such a nice guy. We, su- we support Freddie. Awesome. Frederick. We support Frederick. <laughs> and and, and uh, you want you want to touch on Montoyo? So go ahead. Yeah, I th- he's definitely a huge point of focus, and he's definitely a person everyone likes to point fingers at when this team isn't doing well. But I feel like nothing that's really happened has been his fault. The the bullpen has Not been the best season. in the league. This season, okay, last season there were a couple mistakes. But this season, I haven't seen anything outrageous. Have you guys I seen agree. anything I outrageous? I haven't I mean, seen, except for the bunting calls. Bunting no, calls were a little... I want to talk about that. I want to talk about <laughs> bunting. With, uh, what is really Go into wrong it, with bunting with two strikes? I want to hear what you have to say. What is that it. bad with bunting with two strikes? It, it's Jonathan Davis and Danny Jansen. Those are the only two people who have bunted with two strikes. And Jonathan Davis did it himself. He just went and did it himself. Are you it's telling like, me you, Jonathan you know Davis... It's like? it's like investing in Nokia. That's what bunting not, with not two Nokia. strikes is like. <laughs> <laughs> They no more pronunciations. We're going to save that for the end of the episode. So that's like investing in BlackBerry. Like there's no chance that it pays. There's such a minimal chance that it pays off. And then if it, even if it does pay off, the payoff is so minimal. But like it's kind of a stupid I rule. Like, I just feel like they weren't going to do anything else. I feel like we're getting too angry over an out that was probably going to happen anyway. Yeah, well, as, as, especially with Jansen. Yeah. Like the dude, what was his? What was? What, it, wasn't he? It was negative thirty or something. He can't hit the moon if it was like soft tossed at him. Isn't his average sitting <laughs> at like point oh five seven at the moment? 
Yeah, it is. And his OPS is like point two or something, point two six or something like that. Fuck. It, it, it's absolutely insane. How it's so it, bad. It, it, if he was taking a bat away from Lourdes or a Tay Oscar or someone like that, trying to get well, them the punch on two fights, away from I Burke. would. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing: the speedster Jano. Jano is that good defensively? Like he's a good game caller. Yes, that. he is a good defensive catcher. So, I, but if we wanted to, I remember I heard someone say the this exact line. If you're listening to this, you had a great line here. But like, wasn't that Luke Maley? Like Luke Maley mm, provided, mm. I think what I think is better defense and provided about the same offensive value. If I'm pretty sure, because I know he had one better offensive season. I think that was 18, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. But it's kind of a Luke Maley situation, except for the fact that Jansen is younger and they still believe in his bat. I think that this is kind of the only time that we'll be able to get anything for him. Like I, he, you will not get anything for him unless you're trading him to Pittsburgh and Colorado are the only two landing spots I can think of. And it's sad that we're already thinking of trading a catch that you know provides decent value on April 22nd. But honestly, he he just has not hit. And I'd rather how have. Fix, how do we I'd fix the have, Danny Jansen problem? How do we fix him? Not maybe not him, but maybe replace him because there's you this trade guy him. in our farm system called Gabriel Morano. Like, and no, like, and Riley Adams. We're all we always forget mm. about Adams. Then yeah. there's Ryan Ryan S. I'm not going to say his last name because it's quite a uh, a tricky last name to say. But you, you have that guy. His name is oh. Ryan. He's pretty good. Um, you have Riley Adams. Noah. You have Thingamabob. <laughs> Gabriel Moreno. You have Reese McGuire is now in the depths of hell. But we mm-hmm. still have catching depth. <laughs> And I, I feel like if we're able to utilize it. Well, I don't think Reese McGuire's in the depths of hell. He's in a Dollar Tree parking lot jacking off, but that's an entirely different story. <laughs> yeah, Reese's pieces. <laughs> NSFW on this episode. We're gonna, this episode's going to be a little... Uh, we're going to have to filter it a little bit. A little bit. Little, this is going to be our most listened to episode. <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead, Noah. What were you going to say gonna about the catching? statement right here, and I'm going to say that I think Riley Adams is the best catcher in this farm system. I think that, I just think, it is a claim. I just think that he just got he has the best power in the farm system. Period. He does. I think. Isn't I, it Groshans? I, I think Groshans has better power, but they tend to like. Adams' power a lot. I think. Okay, off topic. Go ahead. I think Adams already is the best defensive catcher. Actually, I think on the major league team he'd be our best catcher right now. And I think we should trade Jano because even though he's gone unlucky to plays, hit some hard fly balls. He hit that one in Kansas that should have been a home run, or at least a hit. Obviously, got robbed. But I think it's right to get value out of him while we can. But I think that we have endless depth, and we should be trading Jansen. Because not all of these guys are going to ultimately have room. There's two catching spots, and there's one DH spot on the team. And the DH spot's already packed with Telez and Vladdy and Gritchick, probably. So it's going to be. Yeah, and if you were to look at his, if you were to look at, take a gaze at Danny Jansen's savant page, 
You know how people say that cheesy saying, I need shades, it's so bright. You need reverse shades when you look <laughs> at this thing. He's, he's in like fourth percentile for XWOBA. His chase rate is 93, 93rd percentile. His hard hit percentage is in the sixth percentile. Max exit velo in the 47th. And his expected batting average is a whopping third percentile. So he has what? two hits in the entire season. So what? <laughs> two more months and the Jansen experiment's over? Is that where we're giving him? It's like those like ice cream shops that randomly pop up on some corners where you're like, when is this thing going to go out of business? Uh, like the, the investors in the, the Danny Jansen ice cream shop should be pulling out of the ice cream shop by now. It's going into oblivion. Mm-hmm. There's a Reese McGuire pulling out joke in there, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> this, is this is what I've noticed with this management. Like, they always have fake. They just always do it most of the time. They'll they'll make all these low risk, high reward guys, and they'll commit to them from day one, like Matt, for example. Mm-hmm. They're horrendous. And you even look at guys like Castro and Payamps, who have pitched a combined four innings coming into this year, or I think maybe seven, four or seven. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Noah, but please put some respect on that name. It's 2021 Reliever of the Year, Joel Piamps. Thank you very much. <laughs> of- oh, by the way, Noah has bought a Joel Piamps jersey. <laughs> a jersey is on the way. And I didn't really want to spend. I didn't want to spend the $130 to get one off MLB.com. So I went on the site which I use in these situations called DHGate. Which, we are not sponsored, by the way. But, but if they want to, they're more than welcome to. Yeah, well, DH, I don't, I don't think they'll see this because we're like, huge. But oh, well, well, we'll, ta- we'll, ta- we'll ta- Do they have a Twitter? We'll tag them on Twitter when this episode comes out. I don't think huh. DHgate has a Twitter. Nah, well, everybody has a Twitter. Let me. Yeah, they're like. A let me cut in here. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they just take orders and then you just produce them in Chinese factories and then ship them over. Anything. The custom jade. And they said, like, you can insert your name and number. And I was a little scared because they didn't actually give me an option. But there's a little box saying you can give us feedback to, like... So they uh, sell shower heads and baseball jerseys? That's a combo. <laughs> they sell everything. Like, absolutely everything. Get, I think I, think I want to give a little bit of a rundown on Riley Adams. I hope yeah, you don't mind. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. A pretty, it's pretty interesting. So he's 24 years old. We drafted him in 2017 in the third round. And he's a six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound catcher. Oh I mean, Lord. put him on the mound. Jeez, that is, is that insane. big? I don't remember him being that big. Like when I like he was hitting bombs in spring training, but I don't remember him being two fifty. Yeah, yeah, he's two forty six. Yeah, jeez, and he's expected to make his debut this year. Yeah, because so. he's he's about to turn twenty five. Like this is time for Adams. Mm-hmm. You think okay, about it, how so, much longer can you wait until you're actually wasting Adams? Which and you, I don't he's think a black you want to be karate. So where are you cool. finding this info? Are you like I'm, on call I'm with his the, parents? Nah, it just has it on MLB.com. It says one of the more intriguing high school catches in the 2014 class, given his size and athleticism, and a black belt in karate. What? Nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Was cool. Riley Adams? If you're hearing, if you're hearing this, Riley. Please come on the show. We have <laughs> endless questions. 
that we'd love for you to answer and hope that you take over for Danny Jansen as soon as possible. <laughs> and Lewis, I just have a question. Was that weight as of 2014? No, current weight. Okay, well, that's huge. He's a big boy. He's big. Okay, so his grades. So everyone knows this is on a 20 to 80 grade scale for prospects. I don't know why they use that scale. It's the most it's annoying thing ever. Scale. Okay, so his hit tools forty five, which uh not that great. It's pretty good. And his power's fifty. And then he doesn't run well, obviously. But his fielding and arm is pretty good. He has a fifty five arm and a fifty field, an overall forty five prospect. I fifty five arm going back a couple years is probably pretty good. Like when you think about it, you need it's like an above average arm, right? Fifty five is above average. Well, I'm going to see Kirk's arm. Kirk's arm is rated 55 as well. So what does that tell you? Uh, well, I'd probably bet that his arm is better than Kirk's. Yeah. It, it I, says his ceiling has not been hit yet for Riley Adams, that there is plenty to go in his power. Yeah. he Apparently, he has just untapped power potential, which like is really encouraging to see as a catcher. But you know, we've always been kind of waiting for them to trade some catching. I, I think you like in Adams, Moreno, Kirk, you have three really interesting catching prospects where Jansen has to be the odd man out. Like, I, but it's, it's just going to be interesting. And I wanted um, to get into this now. The Jays made a, a blockbuster move today, trading huh. cash for Michael Beasley. Mmm. Amazing player, as we know. The guy is going to win Cy Young, but in all seriousness, he's he he had basically a third of an inning in the MLB. He kind of got rocked in Triple A, but put up some very nice numbers in Double A. I think he relies on a splitter. Looks like a decent option that you know will probably be a bullpen day guy that might start a game like Thornton did, but like he probably won't feature much. But it's a move. You look at the guys that they made similar moves with, with Pyans and Castro. I personally do not think of these guys. I didn't think of any of these people. Think I didn't think of them saying, oh, these guys are going to be high leverage guys in the bullpen. Well, a million injuries later, here we are. <laughs> each, each one of them has something special about them. I'll stop talking. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but, Famous last words. <laughs> okay, I'll just end with Castro's slider. How you going? I want to finish. Finish. Castro's slider is quite special. He he's got an amazing break to a slider. Decent velocity as well. Uh, Beasley looks okay in terms of his stuff. And all of our kind of now adapted high leverage guys all have some sort of small promise to them that you know Pete Walker has just turn stuff into gold. Yeah, and you look at Payamps. I love his delivery. It's sort of like a non-Joman Marcus Stroman with the hesitation to throw guys. Okay, now that... I don't think you're being truthful there. You just love Joel Payamps that are just spreading Payamp propaganda. <laughs> yeah, and who, and who started that, Detmers? <laughs> he did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who, who had, who, who had Payamps as his 2021 reliever of the year award winner? He did, but he said it was me. No, that was him. I think that is very under. I think that's underrating Payams. I think he can make a run at the Cy Young. 
No, no, he's not taking that from my boy Mats. It's all Mats's this year. Yeah, that's Mats. Mats. But here's the thing, like, Payamps doesn't give hard contact. Looking at his Savant page, like, he doesn't give up contact at all, really. Well, he does give up contact, but it's all We might not talk about Mats that much this episode, but we have a special episode planned coming for next week with a very special guest where we will be detailing a bit of the Matster piece that happened and going on with Jolly Olive, who is an amazing, first of all, uh, YouTuber. I guarantee if you subscribe to him, you will never be disappointed. And oh, please good. watch his video on Steven Matz. Please watch. Well, watch all of his you videos. Continue, he, Lewis. He, he, he does, watch, he does, he, he does a tremendous job. Subscribe to his channel. And hopefully hopefully that will be our next episode, that that little discussion with Jolly Olive. It was We were actually supposed to be recording that tonight, but he was doing the MLB Game of the Week on YouTube with a bunch of other people. So he had to, unfortunately, bail this week. But if all goes according to plan, we will have him on for the next episode. And I think we're all very much looking forward to that one. Exactly. And again, back to Piamps. I'm going to stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give the credit to Atkins. Give the credit to Atkins. I mean, I'm come on. Finding, finding Piamps, he, what did he get? Wavered him twice. And then finding Castro from the Detroit Tigers and turning them into good bullpen arms. Well, he didn't do that, but finding these guys. It, just, it comes down come to on. an algorithm. Like, it comes down to Rapsodo or, or Rapdozo or whatever it's called, right? And pitch yeah. FX and all that type of stuff. But Cleveland still, like, pitcher devil magic, I think it people is. People had so many chances to pick up Piamps. He, like he, he did get waived like three or four times. He went from Arizona to Boston to Toronto to Boston to Toronto. And the countless teams could have jumped in. All 30. But no. All 30, like three times. He was on the open market like just to claim him. But nobody else did. It's like it, we have a kind of a knack for very specific relief pitchers with very specific stuff, like the Oliver Drakes of the world, who have like two good pitches but have insane break on those two pitches and can effectively throw you two innings of very good baseball. We kind of have yeah. a knack for that. And looking at the Beasley move, when you first look at it, it's just like, oh, it's just depth. But that's what we also thought about. Piamps and Castro. We didn't. We all pretty much expected them to be re DFA'd right away. It's just a strategy to try to sneak him through. But we'll see how much if Beasley gets an opportunity and how he contributes. But they do this every year with these guys, like with these bullpen arms, like Daniel Hudson. They flip them, although they didn't get as a great return return for Hudson. They did it with Phelps in nineteen. He was coming off like two years out, and then he just comes in, pitches well, got his hatch. And you look at these, and then you see now with. Castro and Piamps, and even Malone, who's so far done great, uh, coming off of a pretty bad season. And same with Matt, who's, you know, it's pretty nice. On, on the talk of uh, good old Piamps, he, he he left a hanging slider to a man named Salvador Perez okay, in a pitch. scoreless right. game one in the bottom of the ninth. Bottom okay. of the ninth? Bottom of the seventh? He did point. do that. You can you cannot he uh, did deny do that, the fact but that I he was did that. Very, I was very proud of Jay's fans and not putting the blame on him. It was one bad pitch, but I think who was, the people to blame in that game were the, was the offense. So it was yeah, definitely the offense. Let's talk about that floundering unit mm-hmm. that it's supposed to be. The offense was anemic. It was yeah. not good. It's been anemic, and I just wanted. Yeah. To- 
to say the stats so far. We all know Bo and Vlad are Bo and Vladding. And Grichik, he's very streaky, but he started off very hot. And them three combined have a three war so far. And the rest of the lineup has a minus 1.5 war. That just shows you how much we are carrying us right now offensively. Yeah, I just had the same stat pulled up, ready to ready to say it, and you took it from me. <laughs> and I, I do Darn. just want to point out that for this past week, the Jays did go two and four. They they only won one against Kansas City in a four game series. Ended up losing three, and then they split a two game series against Boston. Overall, in the year, we're currently sitting at eight and ten, but we're only three and a half games back of first place. So. I mean, the East, for the most part, has uh, been... Yankees lose. <laughs> ja- Yankees, Yankees lose. But the American <laughs> League East, for the most part, outside of Boston going on like that 10-game winning streak, has been pretty terrible so far to start the season. So, I mean, it's not just the Jays that are struggling right now. Yeah, Pretty much, just after the three we mentioned. Like, I, I don't think I, any of us saw the Yankees being 7-11 and 11 and in last place right now. Wait, they're, they're only... I thought they were worse than 7-11. and 11. They won today against Cleveland. 7-11 and 11 mm-hmm. isn't bad. Like, to start a season, in my opinion, at least. Like, you can see Yankees fans, like, acting like it's the end of the world. Like, they're, they're yeah. like... You could see Andy Martino writing about Clayber Torres saying it's not a birthright to start for the New York Yankees. (laughs) New York Yankees are a prestigious team. It's it's the the media attention that them getting off to a slightly slower start that they're getting is just undeserved. And they're like, the team is a dumpster. No, it's not. The Rockies are a dumpster fire. And maybe the Rockies have a good record, but we know they're a dumpster fire. And we know I mean, they the don't Yankees have a good aren't. record. They're 6-12. and 12. Well, you okay. know what I Well, the Pirates are 9-10. and 10. Speaking of dumpster fires as of now. Uh, the, pi- the Pirates are salvageable. They're salvageable. The Rockies but they're still third in the dumpster. Central. That's crazy. Honestly, I would not be surprised if the Brewers and the Pirates finish one-two somehow, just somehow. With the a Brewers, Brewers. I, well, I think the Cardinals can tank. The That's Cardinals hard. will pick themselves up. Yeah, Cardinals. What the Jays? Yeah, go Sorry. go for it. All right, what the Jays intend to start? Most fans are well. Most, some fans have started panic. Very few, but I've seen it. And it's not a bad place to be, considering Hatch, who sadly got transferred to the 60 days, so he'll be out until June to make room for Beasley. Pearson, who's coming back soon, has been out. Like The whole bullpen, essentially, has been out. These depth guys have stepped up, as we've talked about for like half this time. But when these guys get back, Chadwin and Romano and Ann Springer are expected to be back this series against Tampa, and, and as well as Teo. Actually, I don't know. Teos are supposed to be back but and who knows? When who these knows? guys get back, this is when we'll start. And yeah, the offense has been bad, but we have the best bullpen as of right now in the league. I, I don't expect. But we we know that that's not an accurate depiction. But we do have a good bullpen. We do, and the rotation has been right in the middle of the pack, which is great if they can keep that up. I believe. Pierce- I believe we have the perfect bullpen, and I, like it, not the best bullpen of all time, not the best bullpen in the league, but the perfect bullpen to how I would manage the team. Name someone making a decent amount of money in our bullpen that's not Kirby Yates, who's on the IL. Name well, somebody that's getting paid in our bullpen. 
Well, no one. That's a thing. Name Thank someone you. on now. Name someone on arbitration in the bullpen. Almost everyone. Yeah. Except Billy's. Exactly. But how did those arbitration cases go? Heavily in favor of the Blue Jays. Yes or no? Well, they all suffer. Exactly. They're all low ca- low cost. Cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah. Brecky's nasty, by the way. Just nasty. Oh wow, he's he's been great. Honestly, him. The whole bullpen has been it's great. the best in the uh, league. The best ERA in the league. We're paying $24 million over yeah, two well, years for fucking Tanner Rourke? Let's not. Let's just try to avoid. Hopefully. <laughs> no, fu- avoid sorry. Det- Detmer's brought up, uh, brought up the issue about the bullpen arms being paid. And I know Rourke started off as a starter this season, but $24 million fucking dollars for fucking Rourke? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the very few absolute bombs that this management has made. And luckily, but, it's... No, it, it wasn't that bad of a... You know, it would be a bomb. I was the team that signed Tanner Rourke next. That would be the bomb. <laughs> but if you were looking at Tanner Rourke from where he last pitched, if you were going into 2020 and were saying, hey, I need another starter, who could possibly provide some innings? Who could possibly keep us in games? Who could possibly do well, strike some guys out, and, you know, just be serviceable? Wouldn't Tanner Work come to mind? With his track record, with him putting up, you know, mid-four ERAs, he had some good seasons. I think in Washington, he was, like, in a Cy Young race somehow. Not the Tanner Work we obviously know now. But, like, good FIP, good whip. He was pretty good. Yeah. But all of a There's sudden, you know, no obviously he could have predicted that. the downfall. It, it, it was unpredictable. And, and, like, even his peripherals at that point were okay. I'm going to go take a look at his savant again. I think the biggest reason we actually signed to Rourke is he's never gone injured. Like, he just doesn't get injured, even now. Unfortunately. He is a diesel engine. He is a diesel engine. He's a diesel engine that combusts <laughs> upon impact. He's a Ford Pinto. <laughs> At least he's a diesel engine. Tanner Rourke is that engine that breaks Dan routinely. He's a a diesel. He's a diesel engine that CSX train that derailed in 2001. That's what he is. That's exactly what he is. Just running off on a tangent, giving up runs to anybody known to man. And here's the Uh, thing: Chatwood is expected to be added to back to the team tomorrow, and I'm really hoping. Oh my lord, guys! I just looked at a savant. Um, guys, I, I'm not. I'm just. That's I'm just it. astonished. Uh, anybody it. listening? Anybody listening? It doesn't matter if you know what baseball savant is. You know what numbers are, and you know that larger numbers are generally good when you're looking at statistics. And you know that smaller numbers are generally right. very bad. And for those who haven't seen savant, they pretty much just show everyone in percentiles based on the rest of the league. So we'll let that merge takeaway works right now. So. Well, how do we even start? So I want to start by saying there's nothing over 20% other than his walk percentage. There's very little over 10, the 10th percentile. (laughs) He he looks so unbelievably terrible that I think Lewis could outpitch him on the mound. I I think Lewis... I've had this conversation. I guarantee you have. I could go on the mound and probably chuck a better two innings than what Roark's putting out there. For, pay me $500. See, they're paying him $12 million. <laughs> and 
Holy moly. They'd be getting a bargain. And John, give Lewis, give Lewis five dollars and he will pitch you a better game. Oh Kevin G.O.D. an Arby's sandwich and he will pitch a no-hitter for you. Give I, I don't even care at this point. Let's go back to John Gibbons. Give J- John Gibbons and Don Lemon that random analogy I had. Probably Who pitch, is a, pitch a better Don game. It's unbelievable how bad he is, but it, it, it does remind us of the Josh Towers days and how much better this team Oh, God, that's... Like black, black <laughs> Don't black even remind me of the Josh Towers jerseys. days. I, I put those Josh There's Towers no days out of my mind. Why are you bringing them back? <laughs> well, at least it shows that at least there's hope now, right? And we have work, and we're on a good team. But back then, we were still in a playoff drought that seemed to last forever. Right. So we kind of have to be grateful for what we have. But at the same time, like you can hear us talking. We're not even screaming, even though we're kind of screaming on the inside. We're just disappointed. We're just past that with Tanner. <laughs> you know, it's just Tanner. I ain't like even parental... mad anymore. I'm just disappointed in you, son. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't be much worse than you are. <laughs> it, it's just not possible to be worse than you currently wow. are. Where's Edwin Jackson? There's Edwin Jackson who still managed to be a tier below Roark. That was an interesting experience. Oh, man. Fuck. All right. Well, we're almost at 40 minutes now. So does anyone have anything to say, anything else to say in regards to the Jays week this past week against the Royals and Red Sox? And if not, we'll get into Detmer's specialty name pronunciations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The I'm segment just, uh, we've all been waiting for. Exactly. Bogarts is. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. He's so good. Don't start on. That pitch he hit out the park was His improvement in uh, defense over the last couple of years gives me hope that Bichette could maybe be like him. Like he was a terrible defender that became an average to almost good defender. I need Bichette to be doing that within the next what two months, maybe tell Biggio how to do the same. And I'm surprised we haven't even got into this yet, but what are your thoughts on third base right now? Put Vlad there. Put Vlad there. And what I have the same range, but he's got a better arm. Yeah. And what I was thinking was turn Pyamps into a two-way player and put him there. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I don't want to hear his name ever again. I I just, I, don't want to... <laughs> I, I think I think it's a learning curve for Biggio. Like remember remember we were all like on Vlad last year when he first started learning first base. And it's gonna be the same thing this year with, with Biggio over at third. I'm not ready to give up on him like it, what is it, eighteen games into the season? Like I'm just I'm not ready to give up on him at third yet. Yes, it's painful to watch right now, but it's a learning curve for him. And he is gonna get there. It's gonna take time and it's gonna be painful to watch, but I'm not ready to to cut bait just because, you know, it's 18 games into the season, 18 games into him playing a, posi- a position for the first time because you signed Simeon to a contract where it specifically stated that Simeon would only play first base in order to sign, or sorry, second base in order to sign here. 
So it, it's going to be a learning curve for Biggio, and it's going to be hard to watch quite often. But uh, he, he's going to get there. He's going to improve, just like Vlad's improved over at first base this year. You just we we got to be patient with him and, and give him time. But Biggio is going to come around. And here's the thing: I'd agree with you if we were sitting here last year talking about last season, where. It was a win, but not all-in season. And this season is an all-in season, but this is the win season. They've just made all these additions. They picked up Springer, who's soon to play. And I don't know if we're willing to keep Biggio there, who is on the verge of costing us games when we're trying to make a push for a spot in the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, you can argue the same thing with Bichette at shortstop. Bichette's made some, not mm-hmm. as many as, as Biggio, but Bichette's had some some tough plays handling balls over at short. So, I mean, it, it's it's frustrating. As you said, it is, it is a year where we're built to contend. We, we were expected to contend this year. We went out and signed Springer. And obviously, once Springer comes back, we are going to have a bit more of a boost with the with the offense. And to Oscar. And to Oscar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's a struggle and it's frustrating right now. But as the season goes on, I do think Biggio is going to improve. I think Bichette's going to start to become more comfortable at short. And they're, they're going to find themselves. Biggio, and I mean, Biggio's bat needs to start coming around. He needs... I don't know what happened to the Biggio from last year where he was working counts and, and taking walks and getting Biggio on base. Biggio is still there. I agree. Last night we saw a lash, a vintage Biggio. Yeah. And again, I think I think that comes down to him also trying, trying to learn uh, a new position. Like, look at how Vlad struggled at the plate last year, right? When he was learning first. So, I mean, Biggio is going to come around. I have no doubt. It's just, it's frustrating watching it now and... Especially because, as Noah said, that this is a year we're expected to contend. It is frustrating that we're in that position, but it is a position we're in. He's gonna he's gonna come around to it. It's just gonna take some time. Should should Biggio be worried about the the prospects coming up behind him? Because Martin, because we got Martin, who could be a good defender, but kind of no. Has a I weak don't arm. think Martin's gonna overtake Biggio. But how about Groshans? Groshans? I like Groshans a lot. I I, I think that. Groshans is probably going to be a better fielder than Bichette is. I think Bichette is a second baseman. Biggio is utility. I, I feel like Groshans could play a nice shortstop. That's my personal opinion. Here's the thing. I feel entitled to yours, but I think that Groshans is probably a better defender than any of the three. I don't think Biggio plays third after this year because we have the prospects. This is a stopgap for him playing that position until these guys come up, but also... The oh, I, I agree. Position. I agree with that a hundred percent. Especially because that was like only because Simeon wouldn't sign here unless we, unless he got to play second base. So I a hundred percent agree that this is only a stopgap for for Biggio at third base this year. Yeah, and also another thing is that I am willing to bet that one of Groshans or Martinez will not be on the team come this offseason. It's not Groshans is not getting traded. It is Martinez. Groshans gets traded. Groshans will not be traded. De- Detmers oh will blow up. De- Detmers will it. just have a complete meltdown. If, the, if Groshans gets The best comparison that I've heard, like that I've heard from people that I talk to about Blue Jay stuff, is that Groshans has the ceiling of Xander Bogarts. Huge power, and he's going to slowly improve defensively. He isn't that great at defense, 
But it, huge power. The bat-to-ball skills are incredible. The ceiling is Xander Bogarts, and that's the comparison that I have, and I think it's pretty good. I heard Willie Adamas. That's what I heard. I heard Adamas, and I've also heard Bogarts. I think Adamas is like a, a, somewhere in between Adamas and Bogarts with a little better power, a little lower contact because he's like a really heavy power hitter, big power to the opposite field. I, I feel like his also like mental side to the game is extremely strong. He's a, he's a worker. I, I, I think he's I, – I personally think he's better than Martin. I love Martin so much, but Martin's at a this batting. point – Martin's a batting title guy. Martin is a batting title guy. Exactly. He's going to slap the ball to either side of the field. You know, they compare him to Betts at times. I don't know if that's a comparison because, you know, Betts is such an elite fielder. We don't really know with Martin yet because there's been questions, I'd say, about his arm. Because I remember when I was reading up on him before the draft, people were vi- kind of worried about his arm strength and worried about how he was like, I think there was a thing where he was throwing stuff in from center field and he was kind of missing the second baseman consistently. But like, I think Groshans is the better prospect as of right now. And I think kind of Martinez has got to go. I hate to say it, but maybe even Moreno, maybe even some of those guys, but we kind of need change at some point. We need to kind of leverage the uh, prospect power that we have. Trade a couple Kendall Gravemans for a couple Josh Donaldsons, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this is a year where they start. Atkins has hinted uncharacteristic moves that we haven't made before. Because I think it's Herman made- Marquez. I, I, I'm confident that it well, ends up being Marquez. Well, what I'm, what I'm really interested in is this offseason. The Jays will have tons to spend. Rogers is ready to spend. Shapiro is hinted. This is a behemoth. This is a big market. So, story. Seager is on the market. Syndergaard is on the market. It's going to be very interesting. And if, and if Trevor Story is a Blue Jay next year, what the hell does that mean for Groshans? Well, I think Martin and Groshans are both. like they're, they're, they're the best prospects offensively. But one of them, not Martin, because I think they're higher on Martin. But if Story comes, what's going to happen with Groshans? Oh, it's just like if Semyon stayed. Semyon is gone after the season. Semyon's probably gone like at the trade Seager. deadline, if I'm being honest. I, I think. I think what? <laughs> you, you don't think they'll trade? You don't think they'll trade Simeon at the at the trade deadline? If they if no they way. no mm-hmm. no way. I don't know. I think. I think. No. He, I think he's a trading piece. I, I think if the opportunity arises, they'll they'll trade Simeon at the deadline. I, I no, that wouldn't make sense. Although I understand where you're coming from. I would probably bet my house that doesn't get traded. I'd bet my PSA 10 Vlad rookie card that doesn't happen. I'll bet the <laughs> PSA that would have been PSA 10 Juan Soto that I'm basically going to smell so I can pick up a Jane Street in a Sheffield Street street sign. I'll bet my that's what I, I'll, I'll, I'll bet my fake Tatis autograph tops card. I'll bet Noah's Joel Pyant that um, that's off limits. Okay, I'll, that's I'll, off limits. I'll, I'll bet I'll bet Noah's Tim Mesa birthday cake. Nah, Wilmer Font. Wilmer Font. It was Wilmer Font. So sorry, Wilmer Font. It was Wilmer Font. Sorry. 
I didn't mean I didn't mean to disrespect Wilmer Font by getting that wrong. <laughs> I have a photo. I'm gonna find this right now. I'm Send the photo in the chat. Right. It will be the photo will go with the tweet announcing this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Congratulations. You finished listening to our unbearable episode. Here's your cake. But speaking of our unbearable episode, it's at 50 minutes. So we're going to start winding things down. So before we get to Detmer's name pronunciation masterclass, exactly. Why don't we, I'm, I'm going to ask two questions. One, do the Jays play in Toronto at all this year? And two, because our name, because of the name of the podcast is Aces on Bases, which is basically like our way of picking a player of the week. Who is everybody's player of the week? We'll start with Detmers, we'll go Lewis, then Noah, and then myself. So Detmers, are the Jays going to play in Toronto this year? And who is your player of the week for the Jays? 100% we're playing in Toronto at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. I will be like, there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll all be there. But I, I've heard rumors they're going to go Dun- start in Dunedin, then go to Buffalo, then go to Toronto. I even heard Omaha. I don't know where that came from. But <laughs> I know that at some point they'll get the clear. That came from, it, it, that it came just, from the governor of Omaha himself. <laughs> yeah, that probably came from what they're saying. They're like, can we please... Please just get some more <laughs> revenue out of this. But and who, who's uh, I, your I think that, and who's your player of the week for this past week? Player of the week is kind of hard here. You know, it, there's some easy answers. There's some really easy answers here because we on this team we've had a lot of bright spots. It's kind of a tie between Mats and Vlad. I'm I'm gonna go Mats though, simply because of how how dominant he's been. It, it's just. He's he's really outperformed, and if you watch that Jolly Olive video, he explains it in such great depth. Yeah, he shows you why he's actually doing well. Yeah, it's not just by chance. Like with, for example, Robbie Ray should not have gotten out of that start unscathed. Robbie Isn't Robbie that? Ray was on track to get killed within that start. That's who my player of the week is. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I want to hear that. So right I mean, now. all right, let's let's get into that. Many people and not give up a run is quite impressive. <laughs> No, nah, just just kidding. And I then, yeah, I'm on the on the joking side of player of the week because it's just been a pretty bad week to be a Jays fan. We could all just say Vlad and Matt's all we want, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give my player of the week hitter to Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for getting his first extra base hit of the season in that Kansas City series. Hasn't had an extra base hit since, so <laughs> it's not going well. And then I'm, I'm giving give, it to Ray. I actually, I so. revoke my player of the week. My player going? of the week. Is going to Tanner work? <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's true. It's true. He hasn't given up a run. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I, it's not just that. It's his. I admire him. I admire Tanner Rourke. He's just chugging along. You know, the the diesel engine that he is. At and, least he doesn't give up. And and Lewis, and that's do, something that we can all strive to do. Lewis, do you yeah, think yeah. the Jays are going to uh, play in Toronto at all this year? I think they will. Uh, for my mental health, they they will <laughs> they will. So I can't believe it. I move I moved to Canada, and one of the big things I'm waiting for is going to a Jays game. You know, <laughs> being with being in a crowd, and then I haven't left the home in four months. <laughs> just, 
what a what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> Welcome to Canada, eh? <laughs> Welcome to Canada. Yeah. Dougie Ford's got this one. <laughs> and and Noah, do the Jays play in Toronto this year and who is your player of the week? I, I can't say. I'm gonna say. I, I may not think yes, but I'm gonna say yes. The jobs Trudeau and Ford have done have been horrendous. But hope we'll see. I hope I hope it happens. And I think that the player of the week, Vladdy, look, we could say Vladdy is, but I'm not going to say that because we all know Vladdy is the player of the week. But I'm going to have to give it. I'm not going to say Pyamps or Vladdy because we know those two guys are the guys. But I'm going to also say Robbie Ray. Okay. I think because, yeah, you can look at the start and you can say it wasn't great, but it's five shutout innings. I give it a tie between him and Matt's because – Five shutout innings and five shutout innings, even though he gave up like a, a million walks. Six, yeah, career high six walks. But In this economy. I, <laughs> I, I mean, but, like, per- that was promising. So I think I think he'll do well. And personally, you know, for, 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 for me, I I don't see the Jays playing in Toronto as much as I'd like them to. I just don't see them ha- it, it happening. If if it does happen. It'll be for the playoffs. It, when when we win the AL East and make the playoffs, by the time October rolls around, hopefully this mess will be cleared up. But right now, Ontario is not in the in the greatest position, and we're not going to get in, into that bullshit. But I just I don't see the Jays playing regular season games in Toronto right now, and it's unfortunate. We can have a full house. We can do anything. <laughs> I just I just thought of a bizarre idea. A very bizarre idea. Who says it has to be in Toronto? Can they go to like Prince Edward Island, build a, sta- a temporary stadium? Bro, uh, <laughs> the stadium would be half the size of Prince Edward Island. You can drive what if the entire just, length of PEI just, in like half an hour. Up, they can just take Prince Edward Island. Just stay there, isolate, at least be in Canada. Just bulldoze everybody's homes just to build a stadium for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Sorry, Prince Edward Island, we're sacrificing. No, Nunavut, we're, we're going to find the glacier. We're going to construct the field of dreams on the glacier. No COVID restrictions necessary because you're out in basically the Arctic. Before before people start to lose their shit with us on this episode, my player of the week, I am gonna give it to I, I gave it to Matt's last week when both when both Noah and Tyler gave it to, to Vlad. So I'm gonna give it to Vlad this week. Seven for nineteen. He had a 368 average, a 500 on base percentage, two home runs, and three RBIs over six games. I I mean I'd love to give it to Mats again. He only pitched one game in this past week, though. So, uh, for me, it's it's Vlad, Player of the Week. Now, what everybody has been waiting for to wrap up this episode is all-star name pronunciations with Detmers. So, without any further ado, Detmers, take it away. And we're not allowed to speak because we'll start an argument. So we're gonna shut up. We're gonna we're gonna. Guys, you were invited. You were invited to speak. I'm I'm gonna hold myself back. (laughs) No, trust me, you're going to want to. I'm gonna be going through Toronto Blue Jays roster and pronouncing names how they should be pronounced, much to my own liking and their disdain. So let's start off. 
So any any Marcus. anybody anybody that has any complaints, you can send them on Twitter to at no doubt Detmers. <laughs> or you can just not do it. Or you can just not send your complaints and internalize them. You can internalize the pain. Just as we do. Just as we do when we watch Tanner Rorick. Marcus. Semyon. It's quite simple. Hard to get wrong. Bo Shet. Shet. French name. You need the E at the end in order for it to be full, in, in order for it to float off the tongue. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Very easy. Randall Richick. 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 Makes sense. That all makes sense. That all makes sense. That's an easy one. Kevin Bijo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I literally just spat out water all over my computer on that one. <laughs> I am about to be crucified virtually. Kevin Bijo. Bijo. It makes sense. Two Gs. What are you supposed to do with that? It's a Bijo. Kevin Biggio. It's Biggio. Kevin Biggio. Biggio. Coming from an Italian, this is how I would pronounce it. Lourdes Guriel Jr. Can also pronounce as Lourdes Guriel Jr. Depends on where you're coming at it from. (laughs) Rowdy Telez. Okay. Amazing verb to have as a first name. If I were to pick a verb to have as my first name, maybe it's not Rowdy, but that would be a. Rowdy's great. Oh, he's great. Josh Palacios. Palacios? Makes okay. sense. Was Danny Palacios. Terrible. Palacios. Danny it's pronounced terrible. Danny Terrible. <laughs> Danny Terrible. Okay, come on. Danny Horrendous. <laughs> That's worse. Dan- <laughs> Alejandro Kirk. Yep, that makes sense. Alejandro no, Kirk. Joe Panic. Joe Penn. Santiago Espinal. Great name, by the way. Just Amazing name. Can't be better. Jonathan, as big as Lake Ontario, <laughs> Davis. Bigger than Lake Ontario. If yeah. you mispronounce this, your mistake was bigger than Lake Ontario. <laughs> Hyunjin Ryu. It can Ryu. also be pronounced as Ryu. But more conventionally, it is Hyunjin Ryu. Okay. And then again, if you feel that I'm wrong, send me why I'm wrong. Help me improve on my linguistic <laughs> journey through the Blue Jays oh step chart. <laughs> Trent Thornton. Very simple. Trent Thornton. Stephen, greatest pitcher to step up on the earth. Mads. <laughs> he spins stuff in his free time. He's awesome. <laughs> Steven Matz. Steven, Steven the Spinster Matz. Robert Ray. Robbie Ray. Simple. Robert. Didn't even think of that. Tommy Robert. Milone. <laughs> Milone. Tommy Milone. I'm sorry, but that's it. <laughs> I will Italian not mobster. take your criticism on that one. I guarantee it's Milone. Tommy Raphael, t- Tommy sixty nine Malone, Raphael Dolis, Ryan Barucki, 
remembers George Chelston Springer the <laughs> third. Great. I will no longer name. call him anything other than that. <laughs> George Chelston Springer the third will will always be how I address him. I, am I, I don't even that care. On no context, Blue Jays right now. Like if you're given the name Chelston, you got to use it. Like yeah. you, you are blessed with a beautiful name. You have yeah. to flaunt it. Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> Nick, I'm just tired of hearing myself at this point. <laughs> I, I I can't do it anymore. No, this no, no. You okay. to my sanity. You, you brought this I'm on just yourself. Go through the the minor leaguers with the most interesting names, other than the Ryan guy that's a catcher. Don't don't say it. Don't say it. Logan Warmoth. <laughs> Stephen Machado. Mm-hmm. Naswell Paulino. Sean Weimer. Cray. Finfrock. Oh, that's, that's a mouthful. Okay, end it on that one. Come on. Yeah, Finfrock. you gotta end on. I I I, I think that's the mic drop right there. And Sem Roberts. Oh, that's Sem, it. We're done. Sem Roberts, that Swedish guy. The mic has they, been dropped. He's from the Netherlands. Netherlands. Whoops. Yeah, that whoops. was a good interview on the Walk Off podcast. That's another yeah. good podcast you guys should check out. They're good. But continue listening to us, obviously. Yeah, do, do it all. Be the Kevin Biggio of podcast listeners. That was so cheesy. I apologize you had to hear that. Oh, good. I apologize oh, good. you had to hear my linguistic journey through the roster resource depth chart of the 2021 up, Toronto Blue Jays. Wrap it up. I would I would if somebody would shut the fuck up, Detmers. All right. All right. And with, with that being stop, said stop. with that being said, guys, we'd like to thank you for joining us on another Around edition. Of, shut up, Detmers. Stop. God damn it. The diesel train is off the tracks. Come on. <laughs> We would like to thank you for once again joining us on another edition of the Aces on Bases podcast. <laughs> like I said at the top, you can find us on Twitter at Aces on Bases. So we greatly appreciate it if you'd follow us there. And like I said, if you want to share us with other people, which we would greatly appreciate if you did, you can uh, let them know where to find us. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, acesonbases.podbean.com. And having said that, whether you guys are listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whatever time of day it is where you are when you're listening, we thank you for listening, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.